I'm Jill Hopkins. You're listening to Vocalo Radio. Joining me on the line is Jessica Hopper, music critic, cultural critic, writer, and author of Night Moves, which is a snapshot of the near north side of Chicago in the early 2000s. And honestly, a great diary of a time that I remember probably not as much of as I'd like. Jessica, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. It's a little fuzzy. 2004 to 2009 so I'm glad to that somebody thought to write all of this down (laughs) (laughs) you know it was in some ways a pretty indelible time for me just because that was um, I'd lived here for for a few years but that was really the point where I was embarking to really get to know and discover Chicago so it was a very indelible and sort of vibrant time for for me in the city it was a a really interesting time uh, there. You, uh, like me, kind of moved to the to the Wicker Parkish area in the late 90s. And, and the, the, the scene, the neighborhood was at a, a, an interesting crossroads. We were post Guyville, Wicker Park, and, and not yet into this like cross genre musical renaissance that we seem to be in the middle of right now. And it, in just a couple of sentences, can you describe the, the, the feel of nightlife, the feel of, of that neighborhood at the time? The whole vibe of that neighborhood and, and really what it offered musically was part of the reason that I had moved to Chicago um, a few years before that. And it was really because there were so many really interesting, distinct scenes. There was, you know, uh, you could go to the fireside, you could go see like an experimental kind of free jazz night at the bottle, you know, for no money. And then you could go to somebody's house party or some, you know, kind of sketchy, sketchy, uh, you know, DJ night somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and you could do all those things on the same day or same night and see sometimes, you know, same people at every show. But oftentimes you could just really hop around. And, that you know, I think Chicago has historically been such an incredible place for people to galvanize their art, their practice, their musical ambitions. And so there's always just been so much to see. And, you know, I really feel like there's never been a time that Chicago wasn't thriving. And so in that particular moment, you know, I was I was kind of venturing between all these scenes that were really inspiring to me and really challenging me and really expanding my mind and my record collection. I'm Jill Hopkins. You're listening to Vocalo. Joining me on the line, author and cultural critic Jessica Hopper. Her new book, Night Moves, is available now. This book is is hyper-relatable for me because I was, you know, probably two blocks away from you at any given moment (laughs) uh, in this. But for folks that weren't there, for folks who are maybe that age right now, when when they pick up the book, what are you hoping that they get out of it? I really hope that... The book sort of challenges its readers, its young readers, to think about a few things. You know, I talk about in the the introduction of the book about being an unwitting gentrifier. Mm. And by the time that time was rolling around, you know, I was coming into like my fourth, probably fifth apartment in the city. And I really did have a sense of I'm coming into these neighborhoods and change is, is very much on my heels and on the heels of, of a lot of my friends. And they're very, we're very aware of like, oh, there's something that sort of, we are part of a force within this city, whether we want to be or not. And to think about, you know, the, the ways which, 
you know, uh, particularly, I think, uh, uh, you know, a student class or a, a, you know, white artistic class oftentimes uh, basically can wind up steamrolling a neighborhood um, and really changing the the face of it in a way that, that we see all over Chicago kind of becomes indelible. Mm-hmm. And, and think about that. Think about, you know, how we're occupying spaces in the neighborhood. I wish I had thought more about it as I was in that time and place, even beyond how much I think about it in the book. And then I think the other thing, too, is... Um, you know, my my secret hope is that this gets people to move back from L.A. and New York and um, other cities where folks feel like they have to go to make it or do their art or, um, you know, have that kind of fundamental artistic experience because I think you can absolutely have it in the Midwest. And I think living someplace that is where you can still find, uh, a, a, you know, at least somewhat affordable housing um, or even cheap apartments that allow you to um, really indulge uh, yourself as an artist or engage as an activist or open up time and space in your life to connect and discover whatever your practice is, but also to connect and, and, and sustain yourself within a, a community, I think is really important. And, you know, I think if people are in New York or L.A. and the rent's $2,000 a month, mm. how do you have that? I don't know how someone has that, and that's part of the reason I've stayed here for, you know, two decades. This has really, um, I think, always been a city of, of people who are really eager to make things and help other people make things. I'm Jill Hopkins. This is Vocalo. I'm on the phone with author Jessica Hopper. I want to talk a, a bit more about this this unwitting gentrification. I, I think that's a, a really interesting concept. I've I've referred to uh, younger white artists as the canary in a coal mine of of gentrification. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they go in if if they all make it out on the other side alive, then the yuppies come in and mm-hmm. buy up everyone's property out from under them. But like I said, it's unwitting. You don't necessarily know that it, you're doing that at the time. Mm-hmm. You just know that you have. $700 a month to pay all of your bills, including rent, and this is a neighborhood uh-huh. that I can afford to do that in. Uh-huh. When, when you're looking yeah. back on, on that and you're looking at Wicker Park and what it is right now, what, how does that make you feel? I have moved to a place where gentrification is not possible, which is the suburbs. Um, And uh, when I come back into the city, which I do fairly frequently, you know, to go to my office or go to shows or visit my friends, it's almost unrecognizable in some ways. And um, I try not to get too, like, nostalgic or, or lament you know, the Wicker Park I was part of, or, you know, the Ukrainian village that I, you know, lived in for 20 years. And, but I do really, there's so much that I, I miss by virtue of, you know, that had a certain kind of character, um, you know, that you could really differentiate. And, and what I don't like about that sort of Wicker Park of now, aside from, you know, all the sort of things that it's, it's pushed out and the people that it's pushed out, it's just become indistinct from, you know, Lincoln Park or downtown or other neighborhoods. Um, and, and I think given that Chicago really is, you know, whatever, a, a city of neighborhoods, that preserving uh, the, the independence and culture and spirit and community of particular neighborhoods is, is incredibly important to keeping Chicago, Chicago. You're listening to Vocalo. I'm Jill Hopkins. Jessica Hopper is joining me on the line. She's the author of the Chicago-based memoir, Night Moves. Some of of what 
is striking about uh, the the accounts that you are talking about in the book have to do to me uh, with technology or the the lack thereof. There's been so much that has changed in such a short time in how we uh, share things, how we communicate, how we uh, take in art and music. What do you think would have changed about your 20s in in Chicago if you had had a supercomputer in your pocket? That was one of the things that I, I think is, um, I don't want to say like funny about the book, but just it, it, there's a few places where it hits right at this this exact moment where there was still a divide between like, you know, not everyone had a smartphone and, you know, you wouldn't even necessarily, you couldn't text everyone in your life. And to me, that is sometimes the part of the book that I am most earnestly nostalgic for, you know, that, that there's these moments, uh, you know, in my life where I'm writing about, like, people coming over to my house because they couldn't get a hold of me, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and um, or explaining what a band sounded like to someone who, you know, one of my friends who didn't have a computer at home. Mm-hmm. And I think my 20s would have been more like my life now. They would be, a, I wouldn't have spent... I think as much IRL time with my friends, mm-hmm. I would have been in a different sort of constant contact with them um, that I don't know if it would have, have felt con- as connected because I, I think I'm old enough, you know, I'm old enough to have lived like, you know, more than half my life pre-digital divide that I, you know, I grew up doing a fanzine where people were like pissed off. They sent you a letter, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and I feel very grateful for that because, I wouldn't have been as attentive at those free jazz shows I know very much now if I had been trying to get, like, you know, the the, the perfect, you know, um, whatever, you know, Instagram pic of Ken Vandermark or something, yeah. <laughs> like I am now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm Jill Hopkins. You're listening to Vocalo. Joining me on the line, author and cultural critic Jessica Hopper. Her new book, Night Moves, is available now. You mentioned earlier that you try not to get sucked into the nostalgia pit, but um, this is a, a judgment-free zone. It's uh, We're in the nostalgia room right now. Uh, what's What are some of your neighborhood things that you miss? I'll start. Jinx Cafe. I miss so much all the time. My first apartment here was across the street from Jinx. And it was good because I, I I didn't know how to cook until I was, like, maybe 28. And so I just subsisted on, like, you know, the, the $2.50 bagel sandwiches from Jinx. So very much nostalgic for um, for some of those things. And, you know, I, when, I, when I feel nostalgic for old Chicago, it's definitely, like, I've got to go hang out at my Opic for a few hours mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, just different. I mean, the, every time I go to the, the empty bottle, I really... Um, Sometimes it makes me miss the fireside yeah. and all that the fireside offered and that you could just sort of just show up there and be like, I don't know who any of these bands are, but I like a couple other bands from Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. and just sort of chance that. But, you know, I, th- I think the things that I do get most nostalgic for are sometimes the things that, um, as I mentioned before, like technology is sort of um, stripped from our lives a bit. Uh because there's just other sort of more convenient ways to connect. Mm. But, um, you know, I also, maybe the thing I'm most nostalgic for is, like, the level of energy that I was able to sustain on, like, almost no sleep in my 20s. So oh, It seemed so easy then. 
Jessica Hopper, I want to I want to thank you for not just this book, but for all the writing over the years. I, I said earlier that I've been following your career and have been a fan for quite some time. And I, I meant all of that. Thanks for thanks for loving Chicago uh, just as much as I do. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on Vocalo. I am a regular daily Vocalo listener. I feel like I finally made it. I'm like <laughs> Chicago famous. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so Snaps much. Snaps to that. Next time you talk to uh, the Fastmans or to Miles Raymar or anybody, you tell them I said hi. Oh, I will. I will. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.